Part of our vision for 2022 to 2027, we say we want to be pursuing spiritual formation that results in God-centered living, heart-level faith, and relational authenticity with God and with others. And we have four kind of key strategy things that we're pursuing along the way with this congregational community, which has really been our focus this last year, year and a half, you know, coming out of, out of three years of being separate and, and some of the division that that caused, we knew that we needed to just come together and, and be, learn how to be a family again, learn how to be community. We've been pursuing that. Now we're moving into things like our discipleship pathway and our building our leadership capacity. So with that, you have in your bulletin today this weird little pamphlet that you didn't expect probably to get in September, and that is our elder selection process for 2024. It's like, oh, don't we do this in January? We used to. <laughs> we're changing this up because we want to mentor, disciple, and train our elders equip them to grow and thrive in life and ministry. And we want to take time with this. We want to uh, work through the, uh, the requirements for eldership that Paul lays out in, in 1 Timothy and in Titus. And we don't want to rush that. We don't want to just say, you know, okay, go through the checklist in one sitting. We want to take time with each one of those elements. How are you doing in your love of money? How are you doing in being a one-woman man? How are you doing in your family? And those aren't quick questions. Those are questions we need to explore. Those are questions we need to ask. Those are uh, things in our life that we need to share with one another. And so we want to take our time and do that well. Because we need spiritually healthy, equipped, and growing leaders. And so over the next few weeks, I'd like you to, to take a look at, at that pamphlet. And then there are nomination forms on the back counter that you can, you can give us some suggestions and what we'll do over the next number of weeks is we're gonna be reaching out to a number of men who we feel could be elder material and then just invite them into a 10 week journey with us. Each of our elders will be taking three or four guys and meeting with them on a regular basis over 10 weeks and walking through some key material to help them grow and to discern whether or not they would, they would let their name stand as elder come the new year. But that's, we want to front that with a time of discernment and prayer prior to the new year. And so we invite your participation in that. The theme of this morning in many ways resonates with our mission as a church to help people follow Jesus. And we want to help one another follow Jesus in deliberate relationships this past spring, a group of us went through a, a, a book called Faith for Exiles that, that looked at the whole idea that we need to be building into the next generation in a deliberate way so that in this culture and in this world that we're living in, we can, we can foster resilient discipleship that can meet the challenges of today and tomorrow to be followers of Jesus who passionately love Jesus and his church. And one of the key, uh, one of the first key things, and if you've seen the, the poster on the back in the foyer, one of the first key things in this is mentor, mentoring and discipling our youth as a journey in experiencing Jesus. And we need that, you know, beyond just our youth, but with one another as well. 
And we'll do this by focusing on family health, that all ages will have a discipleship path where we go from being consumers of religious goods and services on a Sunday to being contributing leaders in that. And we mentor by leading by example. And we do that by not solely relying on programming to get that job done or to just say, well, if they just show up at church and at Sunday school, that's all the discipleship we need. You know, how many hours we spend on our devices versus how many, you know, add that to how many hours kids spend at school. How many hours do they spend in the word of God and with other Christians who are walking uh, the discipleship pathway? So we need to invest in one another in our journey with Jesus. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he has a couple things, and I just want to touch on two things briefly out of the passage that Lindsay read for us this morning. Verse 12 of chapter 4. Brothers, I entreat you, because become as I am, for I also have become as you are. Be, imagine being able to say that to somebody. You know, I'm gonna, I, I want to be in your life to help you follow Jesus better, so follow my example. And be humble. <laughs> and do that with humility. And that's, that's what Paul's doing here. He's, but but what, is, what is he doing here? He's saying, we've got to kind of get into one another's lives. And, 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 and understand one another. And join with one another on this journey. John Stott in his commentary says, In seeking to win other people for Christ, our end is to make them like us, while the means to do to that end is to make ourselves like them. Our end is to make them like us, followers of Jesus, passionately submitting to Jesus and his lordship over our lives, no matter what the cost. That's what we want to be. <laughs> while this means that, well, the means to this end is to make ourselves like them. He continues, Christian conviction and experience Oh, if they are to become one with us in Christian conviction and experience, we must first become one with them in Christian compassion. If we want people to become us, like us in Christian conviction, then we must first become one with them in Christian compassion. This is what some would call incarnational ministry. This is what Jesus modeled for us. He who he had everything, gave up everything to become one with us so that he would experience all of the things we experience in life. Hebrews chapter 2, 17 to 18. That the word would become flesh and make his dwelling among us. That he would give up his place of authority so that he could become a servant. And so the means to, to, to drawing people into a life with Christ is to serve and to share our lives at a pace at which they can walk, being sensitive and prayerful and dependent on the Holy Spirit to guide and direct the process. Now just, just imagine for a moment that you want somebody to run a marathon, but they have a broken leg. You can't start at running the marathon. You can't say, all right, you're interested in Jesus, come run the marathon with me. <laughs> If they've got a broken leg or if something's going on, you've got you to walk at their pace. In leading people to Jesus, we have to slow down into authentic relationship that meets people where they're at. Spiritual formation really requires community, 
authentic community where we can be ourselves. And that's one of the things that Freedom Session helps us build into our hearts. We need clarity and a goal of what Christ likeness is. And that's why I, I routinely will preach through the Gospels. Just get to know the life of Jesus Christ intimately. That's our model. It takes intentionality and it takes accountability. And one of the interesting things that, that we talk about in Freedom Session too, uh, to go back to that, is that accountability isn't reporting on whether you did good or bad on a certain day or in a certain commitment, because that's not helpful, right? If you just go, yeah, I have an accountability group, and you say, like, I'm struggling with my internet use, and I'm uh, sometimes clicking on the wrong stuff and going down the rabbit hole of just things that are distracting me in life. Um, well, yeah, I screwed up this week, and that's the end of it. That's not helpful. Accountability is where you say, here's an area where I'm struggling in. Here is my plan to get out of struggling with that, and I need to take a step to call my brothers when I'm feeling tempted to go down that road. And then they say, okay, so what's your plan for the next hour? What's your plan for the next week? Maybe it's Bible reading. I really want to read through the New Testament this year, but nobody keeps me accountable to that. One of the other things is, is we don't have any consequences, do we? When we fail in our commitments to grow in Christ, nobody says, hey, like, there's like maybe some things that you need to do here because things are not going so well. We don't have people that speak into our lives that often, do we? See, we need accountability to challenge us to grow, and we need accountability too so we can celebrate the growth that's going on. People that are close enough to challenge us and to celebrate us. So who in your life is close enough to see the real you, to love you, to walk with you toward Jesus? Who are you? Who am I inviting into my life? so that we can, as I said a number of months ago, humbly stumble toward Christ. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. That's living together in authentic relationship. And then verse 19 of this passage. My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. That's the definition of spiritual formation. That Christ would be formed in us. That we would start to see and feel the world around us through the lens of who Jesus is. And his priorities and his vision for what we are to be as his followers in this day and age. And sometimes we need to clear out some religious clutter and faith for exiles. The authors say the first practice of resilient discipleship in digital Babylon is clearing religious clutter to experience intimacy with Jesus. Do things that really matter and cut out the stuff that isn't really contributing to the goal of having Christ formed in us. It takes deliberate focus because we need to move into this identity that Christ is in us, the hope of our glory, and the goal is transformation into Christ's likeness. This is Paul's heart and his passion. 
And it's what we want to see in our church flourish as we pursue spiritual formation that results in God-centered living, heart-level faith, relational authenticity with God and others. That's why the change with youth getting into a mentoring relationship of studying the Bible on a small group basis where where you get, they can ask the hard questions, where they can wrestle with the Bible, where it's not just a one-way communication. Like, this is one of the least best ways right now of causing spiritual transformation in people. It's when you get together in a small group and you say, this is what's going on in my life. How can we help one another in that? That's where growth happens. This is a great celebration. And this is awesome. And we need to keep doing this. But we each need people in our lives that can push us to the next level in our walk with Christ. And we we don't want to have like, okay, sign up for this program, sign up for that program, sign up for that program and be busy. That's the last thing we need. We need to be committed to one another in an incarnational ministry where we get into one another's lives, slowing down, serving and sharing with one another. This is why things like community groups and triads I think are so important. And in the next few weeks, we'll be rolling out more of what that can look like and how we can walk into that. My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth. Like, just think of that. Well, like Paul's using this picture of being in labor. I've watched that five times. I haven't experienced it. That's not a lot of fun, is it? But it's the result, the joy of the result until Christ is formed in you. To see that result of people growing in Christ. It's a transformation of our heart and it gets us out of just being religiously committed to routine. And that's what Paul's arguing against here in this passage. And in all of Galatians, he's saying, don't get sucked into religion that just is about days and months and seasons and years and the same old, same old program over and over and over again. Embrace the truth that it is Christ in you, the hope of glory that Christ is being formed in you. Again, John Stott comments on this passage, and I think this is so good. He talks about the relationship between Pastor Paul and the congregation here. And he says this, the church needs people who, in listening to their pastor, listen for the message of Christ. And pastors who, in laboring among the people, look for the image of Christ. Only when pastor and people thus keep their eyes on Christ will their mutual relationships keep healthy, profitable, and pleasing to Almighty God. Over the next two years, we want to see testimonies like Brenda's, like Elner's, like others. What is God doing? What is the changes he is making in your heart. And at least once or every month or two, we want to have people, you, sharing your journey with us. Because we need to encourage one another. We need to hear how God is moving. Because we know that he is. 
He never leaves us, he never forsakes us, and he will complete the good work that he has begun in us. Let's pray. Lord, this morning is is a, a call to move forward. And to move forward, Lord, so that your, your passion to transform us, to make us more and more reflective of your glory and your image would bear fruit. Paul continues in this passage that, in this book, that the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. In chapter 5, over and over again, he calls us to love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And those are the things that you want to see in all of us more and more. And so, Lord, as we enter in this next season of life together, may you help us throw off the sin that so easily entangles and the things that hold us back and help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Lord, may we fix our eyes on Jesus, who though in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but took up the nature of a servant. And out of that would we see our relationships with one another. Through that lens, we would see our relationships with one another as ones of sacrificial service. Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow on heaven and on earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And we ask that you would uh, watch over the ministries as they are launching this next few weeks, this next month. Lord, that you would draw us to yourself, and Lord, that you would empower the leaders to see, um, see everyone that comes across their path through the eyes of your Son. Lord, may you give the lift program, the youth program, the battalion program, all those who are leading that, would you impart your Holy Spirit on them in a special way to lead with integrity and to lead with passion and to see uh, children and youth uh, fully surrender to Jesus Christ. And Lord, may we as your church more and more fully surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives so that no matter where we live, where we work, and what you have for us in this season, we would be led by your spirit, we would be saturated with your word, and we would have a deep love for Jesus and wanting to share that with the world around us. Thank you for the transforming work you have done, you are doing, and will continue to do in every heart here in Jesus' name. Amen.